Welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Proudly brought to you by Cheese Links, bringing cheese and yogurt making to your kitchen. Cheeselinks.com.au Hey, look, it's that time of the week again. It's time for another edition of Food Bites with Sarah Patterson. My name's Kevin Hillier. No, I think it's the uh, the GG, the Galloping Gutsometer, We're isn't it? We're getting to that. No, well, I want and, to talk about it now. And your name is Mrs. GG. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> but we know your name is Mr. Paddo, and that's what you answer to most days. Yeah, most days I do. Don't worry, yeah. Sarah Patterson. Or you just say, yes, Queen. Yes, I do. I do. The Queen of the Kitchen is with us again. We have a wonderful guest, uh, Bulldogs Premiership player in the AFL. Mm. Uh, at one stage, I reckon, would have been up there in the top three or four highest paid players in the competition, yes. uh, one of the highest paid uh, sportsmen in Australia, uh, when he went from uh, the Giants in Sydney to the Bulldogs in Melbourne. Tom Boyd is his name. From your beloved Bulldogs. He's 25 years of age and he's retired from what was, people thought, his career. He's a very eloquent young man. He's a very nice young man and uh, liked him from day one, Tom. Yes. Uh, no, very personable, very well-mannered uh, and uh, it's just an all-round good yeah, bloke. he absolutely is. With quite the story to tell. Going to do very well in life is Tom. Yeah, a bit uh, like your good self, Kevin. Exactly, You've done well in well, life. You got to marry me. He'll struggle. What but, more yeah, could you want? He'll struggle to reach the heights I've got to, but, you know. <laughs> the lofty heights. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he'll struggle. Hey. To, no, I should have said he'll struggle to get to where I am in life because you can't go down that far from where you are, Tom. Kevin, you know, that's a, that's a Kevin. big... I think we should talk about our wonderful friends at Cheese Links. I think we should too. Uh, Cheeselinks.com.au and the telephone number is 03 5282 Get in touch with uh, Janet and Hutchie who've been up on holidays in uh, Queensland. Now keep in mind that all the mask restrictions and all that stuff has all been backed off so uh, we're almost back to normal, uh, you know, as you were uh, 18 months ago. But Uh, um, even if you're uh, not feeling like doing a a workshop, you can always just order some gear to uh, make cheese in your own kitchen. You'll be surprised how easy and how much fun it is. Yep, and you don't just make blue cheese by leaving the other cheese in the fridge for a long time. No, you don't. There's actually an art form to it. And you should uh, uh, take it in. Now, the other thing we're going to talk about, of course, um, as well, just before we get to Tom Boyd and we have our Friday food poll a little later on, is the what you thought would be an hilarious thing for me to do a video segment on the Food Bites podcast. pages of uh, the social media. Yes. Well, you hold your own in the kitchen, Kevin. You've got a, quite a repertoire going on and you're very entertaining <laughs> whether you think so or not. So we thought, and Kevin has decided to call his kitchen segment the Galloping Gutsometer. Yes, hilarious. So we'll be featuring oh. little videos here and there to see what Kev's up to in the kitchen. Just I personally like the naked chef. Cutting through the laughter there. The naked there. chef. No, I don't the naked so. chef no. of the West. No, got a nice no, no. ring to it. Oh, no. Could people stand no, no. it? Don't know. Very unattractive ring to it. Don't worry about that. <laughs> so we're not doing that. We're doing the galloping in honour of uh, the great McNolan. Yeah, North the, Melbourne player. The galloping gasometer. Yep. I thought, well, I'm a bit of that. I'm, I'm sort of starting to get that uh, sort of look oh, about me. So you're not. I'm, and, I, and I love my food, so I'm a gut. So I'm the galloping gutsometer. Mm. Coming soon. Can't wait. To your uh, Facebook page, your Twitter account, or your Instagram account. Oh, I'm yeah, going to get you. Yeah, we might even be filming some fajitas tonight. Who we knows? might be. But before we get to all that, let's get to our guest for this week. He's a beauty. You are listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Brought to you by Cheese Links. Bringing cheese and yogurt making to your kitchen. Cheeselinks.com.au
Happy to say joining us on the Food Bites podcast, a Bulldogs Premiership player from 2016 and an all-round good bloke. Mm. Tom Boyd is our guest. Hello, Hi, Tom. Tom. G'day, you too. Great to be here today. Very exciting. Very exciting. <laughs> good to hear, Tom. We're happy to have you here because we're interested to know, first and foremost, do you rate yourself as much of a cook and, and how do you go in the kitchen? Uh, decidingly, uh, decisively adequate, I would call myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> Quite, uh, you know, adequate on the barbecue, quite adequate uh, in cooking at least relatively simple dishes in the kitchen. I certainly enjoy it. Um, it's something that's sort of evolved over your time as a, an athlete. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's obviously how we feed ourselves and our, our family. So it's, uh, it's something I certainly have a passion for. But uh, skill-wise, they just uh, rather mediocre, I would, I would suggest at this time. <laughs> we get quite a few blokes saying that they, um, they like doing uh, the barbie. Is that something, as a place you find uh, relaxing? Uh, it depends on the circumstance, I suppose. Um, if I'm doing the barbie in front of my dad, it's completely unrelaxing because he's standing <laughs> over there judging me like a hawk. And uh, <laughs> if I'm utilising my own barbecue, it's uh, it's far more remedial, I'd say. Why? What's your dad? Uh, what's your dad's criticism of your barbecuing skills? How, we only have twenty minutes, can you say? Oh, um, so, <laughs> so dad's uh, dad's a bit of a barbecue connoisseur. Um, he uses it to roast, to grill, to smoke, all of that stuff. So um, I'm standing down here at his property in, in Ringwood at the moment staring at his massive web of barbecue and um, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a passion of his so I certainly don't quite measure up yet oh, but that's yeah. all right. I've got about 40 years to catch up. Yeah, so. yeah, fair enough. Hey, six foot seven, 100 kilos, that's a, that's a lot of humanity to feed. Were you, are you a big eater? Uh, not as big as I used to be. I, I mean, I've got what I would describe as a rather slow metabolism. So I, I don't eat as much as some people would um, assume. I certainly did when I was growing up. I mean, I was eating four, five, six meals a day when I was sort of 15 or 16 as I, as I really went through my growth spurts. Um, a lot of cereal, a lot of milk, mm-hmm. um, much to my parents' dismay <laughs> at the food bill. But um, <laughs> yeah, not so much, not so much anymore. Uh, what do you remember uh, growing up eating besides, you know, doing, you know, 16 wheat bix and milk? What else did you uh, did you grow up eating? Oh, not wheat bix My poison of choice for cereal was sustain. Oh, was, sustain. Yeah. oh I, I like sustain, yeah. Brilliant food. Um, unfortunately, I've had to leave it in the rearview mirror, otherwise I'd be as big as a house. <laughs> but, um, yeah, just copious bowls of that. Um, I, you know, I'd eat two in the morning and then two after school before I trained and then I'd go and train and play footy. I mean, I was going through almost a packet of sustained a day for a while there. Wow, that's um, serious carb loading. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I was training 11 sessions of sport a week at one stage, so it sort of was relevant to my exercise and, and my calorie output, but that certainly changed. And um, it, it was something that I phased out of my diet, particularly when I was trying to lose weight later on. Um, but yeah, look, I mean, my family's always really valued eating quality foods. Um, we've never really been... Um, a takeaway family of sorts. We've followed pretty reasonable um, food intake our entire lives. So um, Mexican was a big uh, was a big input to the family, as I'm sure it was across Australia. We had a lot of Mexican food um, cooked at home, which was which was good. Um, a lot of family roasts, which was sort of for the more memorable occasions. But yeah, we've we've always taken care of what we eat, and um, it's been a nice sort of family pastime of ours. So when you're whipping something up in the uh, in the kitchen at your place now, what are you? What's your go-to dish? It's a good question. I mean, it, it varies. Uh, I think if you're really under the pump, um, as I mentioned, Mexican's always a great healthy option. Um, something that sort of sits pretty well. And look, to be honest, the greatest challenge in my adult life would is um, trying to cook for one or two people. <laughs> it's uh, 
a dramatically different equation than dealing for a, a bigger family. So um, Mexican's a big winner. Um, I love, you know, I love my red meat. Um, so I, I eat quite a bit of steak and, and that sort of stuff as well. So um, it, it really depends. But generally, pretty healthy, simple options for me. I don't really like cooking for three or four hours at a time. And I've never really had the kitchen facilities to do big roasts myself. So that's more of a family affair. What about coffee? Are you a coffee drinker, Tom? Uh, just like every other footballer, I've probably drank more coffees in my lifetime that's, than these necessary. Um, <laughs> but I must say that one distinct change and, and something that surprised a lot of people, I mean, I pretty much stopped drinking milk coffee when I finished football. Um, you know, when you're an AFL player, you sit around a lot drinking lattes. Um, <laughs> Do you? And, well, the, the amount of times during the week that there's 40 minutes between one commitment to the next is just ridiculous. You know, we, we'd be in a meeting, then you'd have 40 minutes off, then you'd, you know, and you don't want to eat seven meals a day, especially not during the season. So you just supplement with a, oh. a large skinny latte of some description <laughs> in one place or another. At one stage, me and Mitch Wallace were drinking about three together a day. It was um, it was just ridiculous. But uh, once I finished, I, I mean, I, I was a, a filtered coffee drinker when I was younger, um, sort of the family's choice with my mum's my Danish background. Mm. And... Um, that's what I've sort of gone back to. So I really pretty much cut out milk coffee besides the occasional sort of small skinny latte here and there. But no, I've basically just gone to uh, to filter for my existence. <laughs> I've just got this visual of a bunch of football players yeah. sitting around um, sipping on lattes. It's a, it's all very Melbourne of you, but would you regard yourself as a, as a coffee snob then? Uh, no, not, not really. I mean, if I need a coffee, I'll just have a, Glen for, uh, Glen forty three or Glen forty three, I should say, in yeah. the morning. That uh, that'll do me. Um, yes. I'm certainly not as big a coffee snob as some of my former teammates. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> but uh, I, look, I, I do enjoy a good coffee. I mean, I've sort of gotten into drinking long max recently, and there's a distinct difference between a good long mac and a, a bad long mac. That's for sure. Yeah. So, um, definitely, definitely not a snob, but uh, I quite quite enjoy coffee of, of all varieties. I would say. We've sort of gone through two phases of your food life. There's you're your growing up and you're eating, you know, sustain and lots and lots of meals. And you go through your athlete phase uh, where, you, where, you know, you're obviously watching what you're eating and, and worried about your weight and stuff. Where are you at now with your eating? Can you eat whatever you want to eat now or not? No, not not at all. Not at all. Um, well, that's no it's, fun. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, it's not. It's um, Look, I'm still playing footy at the amateur level and I'm trying not to get too overweight because, you know, life gets – I'm only 25 and I really shouldn't be <laughs> overweight at this stage. So, um, no, I would say I, I eat decisively less than I've ever eaten before. Uh, I mean, it's just – I just don't have the output that I used to. And, and at the same time, it's um, it's more difficult than ever to find time during the day just to sit down and, and have a big, a big feed. And so, oh, yeah, I sort of oscillate mainly around uh, lunch and dinner for the most part. I suspect, given uh, how much you love Sustain, which has got a distinct sort of like sweet honey type flavour to it, that you got a bit of a sweet tooth, Tom. Is that true? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sweet uh, lollies are my um oh. my, my guilty pleasure, I'd say for sure. <laughs> what kind? Uh, all of the. I actually, funnily enough, I went to the dentist yesterday for the first time in quite a while, and my teeth are a okay, mm. going very well, which I'm happy about. Um, <laughs> Because after years of eating gobstoppers and you know Starburst and all of that sort of stuff, it's uh, it's nice to still have some some good teeth in my head. 
So um, those, but yeah, candies of all sorts of all sorts. So those massive big plates of lollies that we see in change rooms and in dressing rooms, are, you know, half time in a game, bloke, you'll see blokes walk up and grab a big handful of it. You're one of those. No, not in games. Oh, uh, look, I, I, I'm very strange. Look, but my <laughs> my stomach didn't didn't handle too much salt and sugar and. Um, you know, the amount of stuff you try and put in your body to, to maintain hydration and get energy on game day is just crazy. So I didn't handle too much. I couldn't handle Gatorade. I couldn't handle, um, couldn't handle lollies and sugar. And I mean, I, I really had to have quite a minimalist diet on game day. Um, and it took me a, a couple of years to work it out. But, you know, when you're younger, you sort of get told this, this fallacy, which is just eat as much as you can the day before, load up with carbs. And, but the problem is, like, if you're a big guy and you eat two or three, you know, kilos of food over two days before the game, like, you're going to be, you know, three or four kilos heavier than you would be normally. It's, um, your body just sucks it all up and then you fill it with water and you just run around like a boat. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I, it's funny. Look, everyone's different. But for me, you know, I, I know, like, say, for instance, Mitch Wallace, he'll eat, like, he just shovels food in all day on game day, and then he runs out like a you know as fit as, as anyone. But then you know if I did the same as that, which I did on a couple of occasions, I felt horrible. So um, you learn who you hang out with and, and who's best as, as an influence for you. That's for sure. Did nerves play a play a part in that? Is is that anything to do with you not being able to handle food before a game? Is that to do with nerves? Uh not not so much in the actual taking in of food. I mean, I think nerves definitely sort of give you that. Uh, anxious feeling in your guts, and, and it certainly um, affects your uh, your bowel movement to a degree. Um, but uh, no, I, I could take in food. It was just really a, a tolerance thing from my um, my stomach's point of view. When, you know, when you're doing 13, 14 kilometres a game, particularly when it's when it's hot, um, which happens quite often in Etihad, uh, as I'm sure you're aware. Once it sort of they they close the roof a couple of nights before the game, it just becomes like a sauna in there, and um, it really does affect your ability to not only take on food but water and, and, and feel good during the game. So I was always just trying to optimise how essentially my body was running on game day and uh, and too much food certainly didn't help. So Yeah. Tom, you've uh, you've become uh, something of a uh, an ambassador for, for mental health. Uh, mental health and food, uh, there seems to be some uh, some triggers that happen uh, with both those two things when they, when, when they come into contact with each other. Is that something that happened to you or is it something you've seen with other people? Um, look, I mean, physical and mental health are sort of inexorably linked. Uh, I, I think that's undeniable. And, you know, when I'm fit and healthy, you know, it's usually reflective of how my mental state is going and vice versa. And I think food certainly comes into it. It's a, it's an important part of, of how we feel and, and how we function. Uh, I certainly feel, at least these days, that um, you know, taking too many carbohydrates out of my diet certainly seems to give me a, a more sustainable energy Source, um, so sort of doesn't give me those big spikes and and lulls that we get after eating a big hamburger or something like mm, that. Yeah. Um, and so I, I find that to be extraordinarily useful. Um, and particularly if you add food in as, a, in as a function of physical health and exercise and sort of the overlap between all of those three things, then it sort of becomes a, a nice holistic way to, to take care of your mental and physical health because you're. You're worried about training, um, so therefore you eat to fit your training and then you train to keep healthy and fit and physically in a good shape. 
and therefore it sort of contributes definitely to the way you feel mentally. So, yeah, I think it's part of the overall package of, of how we look after ourselves and how we take care of ourselves for sure. Yeah. Yep. Um, Tom, as Kevin just mentioned, you have been very open and, and candid about your mental health and the struggles uh, you've, you've endured with that. Since leaving um, the AFL, what's been the impact on your mental well-being? Has that improved? Yeah, I'm, I would say definitely since um, since 2017 when I was really at my worst. Um, you know, I, it's funny. I do a lot of obviously speaking in the space and, and up until probably three or four months ago, I would have told you that my mental health was 100% perfect. And, and I think as part of my growth over last year as another stage in my development, I think it's fair to say that much like anyone else, so, you know, I have my good days and my bad days. Um, I have my good weeks and my bad weeks, but I, I must say that over the last two or three years in particular, I've become so much better at catching myself in, in any moment where I might be feeling like I'm sliding backwards. Um, my life turns around very, very quickly and I have a number of different things that I do and can sort of lean on um, and people as well that I can lean on to make myself happier quicker, um, which mm. is something that I, I really do find valuable. Um, but, you know, as an interesting point, last year is a really good example of a a scenario where people's routines and, and people's structure in their lives that we lean on so heavily for our sense of uh, achievement, our sense of sort of belonging and, and, a, and a thousand other things really got pulled away quickly. And I, I think to a, to a large degree, the fact that I'd been, um, you know, retired at 23 and had to find my own way as a person who works for himself, who has to create his own momentum, has to create his own environment, um, really was able to implicate that or implement that last year into a, a completely different scenario. And it certainly helped with my ability to achieve things throughout 2020, which I was really happy with um, yeah. because obviously last year was a, such a yeah. challenging year for everyone. And I think we, we sort of found out how much and um, our mental health can be impacted by other people and other scenarios and how important it is for us to have our own practice and our own control over how we feel. So um, it's been a really interesting 18 months in the space for sure. Yeah, yeah. well, it, it is so surreal when we look back at, at the lockdowns and, and so forth. How did that impact in terms of um, social contact or, or lack of it? Did you uh, do it tough in that area? Um, I mean, look, I think everyone did, right? It, it's it's impossible for us to, uh, in my opinion at least, to live on an island. We're such social animals. And um, I was really lucky, as always, to have my fiancée, Anna, by my side and um, – it certainly made our lives easier. We made a really distinct effort to try and um, check in with our friends and family as much as possible. But, you know, from all accounts, unfortunately, with the scenario that we were met with, a lot of our struggles had to be dealt with on our own. Um, and so, you know, investing in that space and investing in each other over the, over the 12 months in, uh, in particular last year was really important. Um, and, you know, one thing that I always say to other people is that um, it's uh, the old... Uh, metaphor you get given on an airplane, you know, you have to put your own oxygen mask on first. And I think last year was an extreme example of that where um, to make a positive impact on others, you had to find a way to be positive yourself and, and be able to look after yourself and those closest to you first. And um, I certainly felt like we did a pretty good job of that, which we're really proud of. Yeah, no, very, very well, uh, very well said. Now, outside of foot, now the footy sort of finished as your as your profession. You're doing all sorts of things. One uh, one thing you're doing is a podcast with uh, a, a former guest on this program and a, a good Bulldogs man in Danny McGinley. Yeah. Uh, so you're doing the Danny Boyd podcast. What what else are you up to? Um, yeah, so the podcast launched last week, which was was really pleasing. We had great results, and um, yeah, it's exciting. Look, I, I mean, I must say it's. Uh, it's difficult to have that natural tie to the footy club that I once did and um, to be able to sort of start this up as a as an enjoyable hobby 
um, has been really nice. So we're looking forward to seeing how that progresses. Um, on the other stuff, I mean, I do a lot of public speaking. As I said, last year was an extraordinary year for that um, mm-hmm. for all of us who work in the event space. Um, so a lot of people, um, including myself, lost a lot of work. But, you know, to our to the credit of companies, they started to really invest, particularly in the mental health space, towards the back end of the year. And so I found myself quite busy. So that was um, that was nice. And, and we're really looking forward to getting back to some real events, um, uh, real in-person events, I should say, this year. Um, and the other thing that's sort of taking up a lot of my time is um, is some sort of data analytics work in the wellbeing space with a company called Everperform. Um, they do a lot of sort of um, work in, in accounting and professional services, really looking at performance of the individual and also as the company, and it sort of really aligned with what I want to do in the in the wellbeing space. So um, we're excited to uh, to launch some of that product over the coming months as we as we get underway. And um, yeah, I mean, look, I'm really busy and playing footy in the buffer again, which is which is great. And um, had my first practice game on the weekend after 18 months out of um, footy. It was uh, mm-hmm. it was great to be back out there with the guys as well. Oh, bad. What do, what do you mean? Do you miss anything about, uh, you know, the AFL bubble? Uh, not so much the bubble, Kev. I mean, I, I miss the people, um, certainly. Um, you know, there's a lot of great people that I wouldn't have met otherwise. But to a large degree, those people still remain, you know, with a huge prominence in my life. So it, it's not like they're lost to me. Um, you know, being fit for a living is a great job, but it doesn't come without its um, rigors and and challenges, and certainly in the position that I was in, um, I certainly felt like and still feel like it was the, the best decision for me to move on. So, um, look, I'm really happy with my decision that I've made, and, and it hasn't been without its, its tough moments, but it's certainly given me the autonomy to be who I am and, and do what I need to do to feel like I'm a positive impact on society, and, and that's um, that's a, a thing that I would never give away. So, um, yeah, it's been a great 24 months out of the game, and I'm looking forward to the next 24 months. Hey, uh, Tom, we like to ask our guests um, on this podcast, if you were having a dinner party, Uh-oh. so in your case, if you were having a barbie and your dad came over to supervise you, <laughs> As you would. and you could invite anyone along, any dream dinner guest, who would be on your list? Now, this is an important question, so I'll have to uh, to quantify uh, one rule of the game. In the uh, the prep message that you sent me, it was uh, dead or alive, Yep. which means that we're throwing out reality, yeah. which Correct. is good. Um so uh, that also, as a caveat, gets rid of the language barriers and it also <laughs> gets rid of any likelihood that some of these guests would be, A, too dangerous to talk to or too, <laughs> yep. um, too difficult to talk to. So um, having said that, I will start with a completely uncontroversial one. I mean, I'm reading uh, Matthew McConaughey's book at the moment and he's got a, mm. a, a, just a, an enormously interesting character. Um, to me um, and has been for a long time has been a long time fan of his work so Matthew McConaughey be the first one I've always been a massive LeBron James fan again not very controversial um, and uh, I, look I'm just so interested to see how someone as, um, as as someone who came to prominence rather early in my life to understand how it's possible to be uh, that times a million mm. <laughs> and also just continue continued to uh, defy all the odds and, and he's just a remarkable story uh, and finally look I, I don't know who it would be exactly but I'd love to speak to just some historical monarch or, or leader from you know hundreds of years ago mm. and just to get a picture of what life would be like I mean uh, the sort of being an asterisk fan from a, from a kid speaking to, to a Caesar of sorts or someone like mm. that would be remarkable and just to uh, to get a picture of how far we've come in the last you know few hundred years would be uh, would be remarkable to me. It's something that's always interested me. So 
there's my three. It's a bit of a, an old cocktail of people. That is very there eclectic uh, collection. I love it. There you love go. It. And you'd be drinking uh, uh, bourbon with uh, Matthew McConaughey, I would imagine, uh, given his, uh, <laughs> his, his track record Bur- of that. Bur- <laughs> bourbon with Matthew, um, be wine with LeBron, and it'd be some sort of meat, I suppose, with uh, one of the seafoods. <laughs> yes. I don't really know it'd what they're It'd be those, those giant uh, drumsticks like, uh, you know, Errol Flynn would, would be uh, brandishing on the, um, yeah. on the Adventures of yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Fred, that's right, that's right. The Fred Flintstone burger would be coming out, the big, the big ribs or something. Hey, Tom, yeah, it's, it, it's been lovely to catch up with you, mate. Uh, continued success for the future. Good luck with the uh, the Danny Boyd podcast with uh, Danny McGinley. I hope that uh, continues to go well for you and uh, good Good luck in the future, mate. Thank you. Bear, I care. Thank you so much for having me and, uh, and take care, you too. And it was really good to be here today. You are listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Brought to you by Cheese Links. Bringing cheese and yogurt making to your kitchen. Cheeselinks.com.au. Our thanks to Tom Boyd for spending some time with us. It is a great pleasure to talk to the young man. Yeah, wasn't he wonderful? Yeah, he's terrific. I loved how he uh, talked about his dad uh, just, you know, looking over his shoulder when he does a barbie. He says, son, <laughs> do that differently. And I love the story about the uh, sustain, having oh, uh, a box of sustain a today, box a day. morning, noon and night. It reminded me about Jerry uh, Seinfeld. It, wasn't oh, yeah. he the one that thought cereal is great for any meal? Yep. <laughs> Comedians tend to do that because they don't finish work till yeah. 3 o'clock in the morning. Uh, uh, the one thing I have to say about uh, that uh, podcast that he's doing with, uh, with our good friend Danny McGinley, he talks about his dad and he talks about the, the one of the great moments for him when they won the premiership in 2016 was actually just being at the bar away from everybody else in the room afterwards when they were not in the rooms but in the, in the mm. function room they were at later on just getting a chance to be standing at the bar with his dad and having a beer with his dad afterwards. It was really nice. Just draw breath. Yeah, it was really nice. Yeah, be in the moment. Yeah, I agree. All right. Oh, Time for... Friday, food poll. We're revisiting a a blast from the the past. The famous William McGuinness, who does literally get stopped on the street about his invention, the dim sim He did. He was walking through the streets of Wangaratta and someone said, hey, you, I know you, and he went, oh, you know, thinking it's going to be about blue I just here, came across the, uh, the pick of his pizza and I thought, let's uh, yep. just revisit and see what other people think of it. Cherry Ripe says... Dim Sim. Are you, are you orange, oh, are you? sorry, I'm yellow. Have you paid any attention well, to what goes on in this program? do you want me to go first? No, gonna... I want me to go first. Oh, That's why then. it's in orange. You go with Cherry Ripe. Cherry Ripe says <laughs> Dim Sims with cheese and tomato, then there's lots of green-faced emojis. Yeah. Not impressed. Kate Stevens says, looks glorious. Yay. Mm. Annie Peacock says, absolutely nay. Oh. Craig Gabriel says, oh, yeah, baby, with chilli sauce <laughs> or oil. Terry Daniel from 2DD, yay, worth a try. Leonie K, look. Looks awesome, yeah. Adam Pont, if I was a 21-year-old stoner uni student again. <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. Sue, nay, Artie Stevens from Radio Bayside, um, maybe under pressure. Glenn Driscoll says... Um, well, he had a Winnie the Pooh. Oh, he had a yeah, picture uh, of Winnie the Pooh dancing. Yes, that's a, that's a, a little yes. gift there. Now, uh, Sarah Ooh. says, I'll do a Chico Roll pizza. Mm. Oh, Chico Roll Chico Pizza. Chico Roll Pizza. Get my Jello Lawson's mate Kev onto that. <laughs> uh, Joe says, yay, I'm cooking pizza tonight, so if I remember to buy some Dim Sims, I'll give it a go. We made a KFC popcorn chicken pizza. Oh, yeah. Turned out great. I can I can picture that. Sharon says, yum. Kathy says, yeah, sure, why not? Steve Isher, our producer extraordinaire. As long as it doesn't have pineapple on it, I'm in. Rob Elliott, only if it comes out of the air fryer. When you're up. <laughs> Charlene, yes, wouldn't mind trying it. Lisa, nay. 
Rainy says, no, I love pizzas. I love dim sims, but not together. It would ruin each meal. Uh, Deb Murphy, cannot judge unless I try, but I'm a little bit scared. Fair enough. Kate says, I'd go for anything William McGuinness cooked me. I there agree, you Kate. Go. There's There's the killer punch in all of that stuff. Yeah, Kate. You know, and his son, when he invented it, his son did say, Dad. Grouse. You're a genius. Yeah. Wayne writes, this is a tough one. <laughs> I want to be kind just because I know this is an invention of a good friend of this podcast. Yes, it is. I'll grant you that the picture doesn't look great, but I think that is mainly because it is smothered with cheese. Sorry, the picture does look great. But that's mainly because it's smothered with cheese, and cheese is life. (laughs) And I'm sure the lovely Cheeselings people could teach us to make some wonderful squishy milk stuff that when melted on a pizza, it could hide a Garden of Eden level of sin. (laughs) I always thought pineapple on pizza was the greatest sin mankind had ever come up with until Trump got elected. <laughs> I sort of get it, but it all falls over for me when the dim sim casing and the pizza base touch each other. Right. Stodge should <laughs> never touch other stodge. Yeah. That's written up in some swimming pools. Uh, <laughs> it's just not right. It's a mortal food sin and will just leave you with a mouth that feels like a full of wallpaper paste. <laughs> a mouth that feels like it is full of wallpaper paste. I'll just put the, uh, you know, adjectives and other bits and pieces, the linking words in there. And put your teeth back in. Yes. I've spent most of my life drunk and or single, but I would never stoop that low on the culinary scale. (laughs) (laughs) And I tried to fry an apricot once. (laughs) Really? Frying an apricot? Okay. No, no, no. God, no. But, uh, you know, this concoction, uh, get rid of it before the Italians get wind of it and declare war on us. That fair income is is spot on. It's the sort of thing that you would assemble after a big night on the turps, isn't it? What have we got in the freezer? Which is what William said. That's what inspired him. He said, oh, excavating foods out of the... I've got dim sums. I've got pizza bases. Well, he's uh, got a, you know, a a teenage at that stage. A teenage son with hollow legs. Yeah. And they'll eat anything. Oh, yeah. So why not chuck dim sums? on a pizza and say, here, give that a whirl. That was excellent. All right, that is uh, another edition of Food Bites with Sarah Patterson done and dusted. I've enjoyed it immensely. Thank you for your time. Check out cheeselinks.com.au, all the social media platforms, or, of course, that very old traditional thing that Alexander Graham Bell came up with many, many moons ago. Telephone. That's the one. 03-5282-1984. Just put your little fingers in the dialing hot. No, you don't even have to do that anymore. On your GG. Yeah, thank you very much. The Galloping Gutsometer signing off. Thanks for listening to Food Bites. Check out our Facebook page and Twitter for recipes, tips and all the latest news. That's Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Brought to you by Cheese Links. Bringing cheese and yoghurt making to your kitchen. All you need to know at cheeselinks.com.au.